Rosary in the backfield, the crowd in full throat. They swing it out to Rosary on the right side. Rosary chased by Josh White, strung out, and Josh White and others will wrap him up for a loss. Way back, and the Rams with 138 left will get the ball back. Growing the Game with Ballsy is a podcast dedicated to growing the game of football in Saskatchewan. Each week, Michael Ball will talk with rider guests, but he'll also highlight amateur athletes, coaches, and builders in this province growing the game we love. Now, here's Ballsy. Well, as I tape the podcast here this episode, it is May long weekend, so I want you and yours to be safe and have a happy long weekend, even though the weather is not conducive, really, at least in Regina and surrounding area, to being outside. Maybe you can catch up on a few Growing the Games with Ballsy. I appreciate you checking out this podcast. I love the game of football, especially the grassroots level here in the province. If you like what you hear, please give us a review and share the podcast. Now, I feel the game's future on all levels is very uncertain. That's not a big shocker. My mission, though, is to get our kids more exposure. We should be looking to highlight and promote Canadian talent in the game of football. This podcast coming to you from the Regina Sports Performance Center studio. Respect the effort. Join today at reginasports.ca. All our guests come to you on the Hammer Time Roofing Hotline. Hammer Time Roofing is Saskatoon's only certainty five-star roofing contractor that's backed by a true manufacturer's warranty. Give them a call at 306-262-ROOF. Thanks to my other sponsors, Mark Greshner Photography. Check out his amazing work at markgreshner.com. Face first medical aesthetics above Gabbles on Dudney Avenue in downtown Regina. Beat back father time in a naturally looking way with the no pressure approach from Chrisinda. Paul Waldo at Royal LePage in Regina. Give him a call. 306-502-5355. A good friend of mine and this show. Also double Z egg sales. 306-842-2406. The number to call if you want grain hauling, grain marketing, or crop insurance in Wayne and surrounding area. Gear up with John Ryan Foundation. Thanks to the Ryder Punter for giving back to his community and this podcast. Truly one of the great dudes not only in pro sports but life in general. And Advantage Collision in Saskatoon and Prince Albert. Choose Advantage Collision because they care about your safety. And like I said, from the Regina Sports Performance Center studio, it's time to head out in the Hammer Time Roofing Hotline and hear from Josh White. Now this snippet is from my Top 50 Can West show that I'm working on along with Eric Cox, a Regina film student and it's kind of based off the NFL Top 100. Obviously, we don't have the budget of the Shield, but we're doing what we can to highlight athletes, football athletes in Western Canada at the U-Sports level. For the purpose of this podcast, White is highlighted in our homegrown segment for the great gang over there at AGT Foods, a true Saskatchewan success story. He basically arrived on the scene last year, led the team in sacks, second in tackles, but from your perspective, how did you find... I should say 2019, the last season we played. How'd you find it? Oh, I found it pretty good. Obviously not the turnout we wanted, but personally I got some achievements I wanted to achieve, but there's still a lot more to work on, especially Mm -hmm. as a team and individually as well. Describe yourself as a player to the folks that maybe haven't watched you play or don't know that much about you. Just a relentless motor. Like I'm going to be going 100% every play and I don't don't care who you are or what position you play. I'm going to be going 100% at you and I'm going to give it all no matter what. I not only do I play for myself, but I play for my city here, Regina, the Rams and for my team. That's that's who I am. I'm a team guy. Yeah, I know that's what I've heard about you. You're a team guy. Um, What's your best attribute besides the motor? You mentioned the motor. What else do you think works in Josh White's favor? I specialize in tackling. I really enjoy tackling, to be honest. Well, I'm a linebacker, as you know, but mm. I feel like I can tackle in almost any situation, but I'll work on it more this year. But yeah, just really on tackling. And then this year with my man-to-man coverage, I'll be coming out with the, obviously the extra year off, some more work. I'll be work- having some specialty on that as well. A lot of guys have used this pandemic to kind of 
identify in their game what they need to improve is that the one thing you looked at man-to-man coverage um it was just kind of personally it was a it was a big period of reflection there's a lot of things that I could work better on but yeah just just the coverage aspect I really wanted to get into but as well as my pass rush I feel like I'm sound tackling but on those two aspects I really try to narrow down some things I need to work on and fix them and work on them have you been a better student of the game during this pandemic for sure, I would definitely um, say a better student, especially with all the Zoom calls and all the all the meetings we had in the fall as well, just with film and everything like that. I would say just the amount of film we're watching now is way more than before, for sure. Are you a disciplined guy by nature? And I'm not saying this to be critical because, I mean, I think I don't, I've never worked from home during this whole thing. I think if I had to, I'd be distracted easily. So are you disciplined by nature? And if not, did this make you more disciplined? I would say I was disciplined, but it definitely made me more disciplined, especially with all the distractions at home. I literally am in my Zoom class for the University of Virginia here and everything's around me. My dogs, I have my phone beside me, the TV on, I can cook a meal if I want in front of me. So definitely I've had to work on my self-discipline a lot, especially with just being at home all the time and everything being online. It's super easy to get distracted. So definitely had to work on my self-discipline, but I, I would say I'm a disciplined guy. Yes. So you're cooking, uh, you're cooking me and me, me and you and me post-pandemic what's your specialty what's my specialty i'd have to go with um i'm a big fan of the steak and sushi mixed together so i like having some steak with some sushi for sure that's definitely my thing and, and how do we like the steak medium rare for sure i need some seasoning and some flavor in there as well but medium rare is the way to go so you, do you have like a special uh recipe for marinating or do you just uh, or that's not something you can give us not really a special recipe i just like to do change it up every time whether it's marinating with different spices and herbs or just going with some salt and pepper either way i gotta get something on there awesome how much are you eating in a day and what are you weighing right now right now i am about around 215 in the morning around 220 at the end of the day but i'm eating four meals a day at least then snacks in between usually but it's really easy to eat at home now because you're cooking no matter what your meal every time you're saving money you're not going out so it's it's convenient that way. It's been super nice with that. So yeah, that is good. How do you like living at home? Being a student athlete, living at home. Um, the student athlete part, I really miss the school a lot. To be honest, especially the locker room, obviously. But being at home does have its pluses and minuses. But after being at home for a year, I definitely want to go back to normal life with school and everything like that. I really would appreciate to go back and see the team room and just walk from class to class and just the classic everyday usual tasks we usually do that we don't do anymore. Yeah. Amazing what you miss. What's one thing you hated about football or didn't really like about football that you would just love to have right now? It sounds funny, but with our we have study hall for the Rams, so we have, like certain players have to do certain hours every week. But that's just something I really miss. Even though normally when I go in there, it's like oh I got got to do study hall. It's a task. Yeah. It's something I'm not usually wanting to do. But that's something I really do miss because that's usually where you see the majority of the guys during the day when it's not the when it's not the season. So. When it's the off season, the study halls are a really good spot to be. There's a lot of guys there. We're usually working on school, usually, but normally we're just having a good time in there, and it's just honestly good vibes. Something I really miss. That's awesome, man. Okay, so do you have a goal for yourself this year for this season? Let's be optimistic. You're going to play this year. We don't know how long of a season it'll be, but what's Josh White's goal for the 2021 campaign? Yourself, personal. Personally, I just want to come out and be in perfect shape and stay healthy throughout the whole year. And honestly, as a team, first of all, we want to get to that Hardy Cup. That's, the, that's our first step is we want to get to that Hardy Cup before anything else. And honestly, as an individual goal, I just want to, you know, I have the same type of stats I had, had the year previous, or I guess two years previous, mm-hmm. and just all out, honestly. Like, I've, I've been on edge for a year and a half now waiting for football, so I'm pretty much just going to go and give it my all. And that's my biggest goal is to leave no regrets now, especially after not having football for this long, so... 
And we're coming to you from the Regina Sports Performance Center studio, and it's time to stay out in the Hammer Time Roofing Hotline and speak with former Saskatchewan Rough Rider Sam Hurl. Now, Sam, you retired on this podcast, so fill the people in. What the hell are you doing during this Groundhog Day of a pandemic? <laughs> Groundhog Day is right. Uh, just working. You know, I'm at uh, I'm doing uh, commercial real estate in Calgary, uh, more focused in the industrial sector. So uh, that actually has survived the pandemic decently well so i uh i've been able to stay busy uh working for a team there and uh yeah learning lots uh it's it's a lot to learn so it's a bit of a slow process but uh, it's coming along nicely so at least i've i've been able to stay busy during all this so we do a thing called the pick six and let's go sam did you see that nita Tavares's head i did yes and what did you think of that what do you think of that whole? Uh, yeah. What do you think of the whole situation, including I mean, the, the fight? Whole, that the fight kind of frustrated me. I guess I'll say I, I think it. I think it was a little bit ridiculous. A, a Perry by no way meant to do that on purpose, right? I think that when you sign up to play, you know, any sport, uh, professional sports included, uh, you know, it, it, it's a risk that comes with the job, right? Is, is mm-hmm. there's going to be accidents? There's going to be stuff that happens. Um, sometimes you're going to take a knee to the head when you're going down to the ground and you're going to get knocked out, right? That's like, that's just, that's just a part of everyday life when you're, when you're living in that world, especially being a professional athlete. So uh, I think, you know, it was an accident and uh, it's unfortunate it happened to one of their top players. You know, it, yeah, I, it's funny too, right? Cause all those guys are, are on the ice. They're able to look up at the jumbotron and see what happened. And it was clearly an accident. So well, what kills fight, me, what kills me is their heads are down and they're really quiet and the announcers are quiet and they wheel Tavares off. And the last shot you see is the boards close and he goes down the tunnel on the stretcher. We'll be back in a moment. And then, <laughs> yeah, and, then, and, then so they, and then they, and then they come back. And the first thing we see is two guys dropping the gloves. Perry didn't want to fight, but he knew like, okay, no. I, I got to fight or they're going to chase me around all series. Totally. And I think, you know, it seems, it seems funny to me. Hockey's, conflicted right like there's some scenarios where it's like you you don't understand how there wasn't a fight that came out of it right and then in a situation like this you're mind boggled as to why they're fighting right you're not standing up for anybody it was an accident and i like the way way perry did it you know what he dropped his gloves took it on like a man and and didn't throw any punches just said you know what if this is the way you guys are going to be Soviet and, and, and went on with his life. I think that's what Toronto should have done in the first place, right? Mm-hmm. Understood it's an accident and moved on. Do you like the seven-game series or do you like the one-and-done of playoff football? I don't know. The, the, these playoffs right now are awesome uh, for NHL, so I, I'm going to have to go with the seven games. I love how it creates the... I mean, not to mention, right, the uh, just the way that this year has carried out with the NHL, too, and, and how much those teams have been playing each other and how much they probably all hate each other. Mm-hmm. Um it's it's really creating an exciting environment, I think, and and the seven games allows a lot of shit to kind of build up. Sorry for swearing. No, there, that's but, okay, buddy. Uh, allows a lot of stuff to kind of build up and create for a lot of excitement. So I'm gonna have to go with the seven games. It's a podcast you can let loose. That's fine. Number th- <laughs> number three on Ballsy's pick six. Do you have a favorite hockey team or player? I mean, growing up, I was uh, I was a big hockey guy, so I was uh, I was all over the Colorado Avalanche. Big Joe Sackick guy. As I've gotten older, I've kind of fallen out of being super super close on watching hockey over the last couple of years though i've joined up in some fantasy leagues so i've been much more engaged we'll say um 
Uh, in terms of a specific player, I, I don't really. I mean, I just love watching the greats, right? Like McDavid and stuff, and watching that first line on Edmonton's amazing. And um, there's just a lot of a lot of great players. And and personally, I've kind of been leading towards Florida. I think I'm cheering, cheering for Florida right now uh, in this series. It might be nice to see a Canadian team win, but I kind of like what they're doing over there. What what you might be you and four other people? Like what do you why <laughs> you're like me? I think that's why, right? Yeah, kind of me and the four other people kind of underdogs a little bit, right? And, they just, I think they had a good year, and they, they've been doing well. So I don't know, I'd like to see them have some success. That's and I love Florida, right? The way they're handling this pandemic, <laughs> they're taking it on. Right? I love it too. Florida and Texas, let's go. <laughs> by the way, by the exactly. way, by the way, the further you look down south, isn't that the sad ramification of these hockey playoffs? Is that um, we don't have crowds in the north, like Toronto, Montreal, Original Six, their first matchups in 79. Two fan bases that are loud and rabid. Can you imagine that game one Edmonton Winnipeg, 50 hits in the first period? But we weren't smart enough to get our vaccination rollouts going, so we look like a bunch of bozos up here. I know. It's pretty It's pretty wild, right? And it's, I don't know. It, yeah, it's such a, such a crazy world we're living in right now, and um it is unfortunate to see just just the way the states is rolling out right now, right? In so many ways, and you got Vegas starting to step up, and you got all these places. And here we are, way behind the eight ball. You know, it's it's unfortunate. It's it's so disappointing, right? I, I feel like we've been let down quite mm. quite big time. Your yeah, your your logic behind cheering for Florida is exactly why I'm a lifelong Chargers and Padres fan. Nobody cheers for them, and they might win eventually because they got a good quarterback and a pretty good team now in in San Diego with the Padres. And I've always been on those bandwagons, so that's I, I get your logic behind the Florida Panthers. I get it. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's just you know, beautiful sunny Florida, and they they got this team that's doing doing some good work yeah. out there. So it's nice to see. Speaking of beautiful sunny Florida, number four in the pick six, Tebow is a tight end. What do you make of this? Yeah. What do you make of you this? You know what? You know what? Thinking about it a little bit, you know, it's I, I kind of guess guess I understand where where they're thinking, right? I, I mean, I understand that people, you know, it's kind of the relationships you have. Some people are saying, right, where it's like, oh, he's just getting that job because you know people like him. And but from a tight end perspective, right, you got to play the game really smart. You got to understand what's going on around you. You kind of you know having a quarterback mindset is probably going to be a huge benefit to him, right? So having another leader on the field along with the quarterback to play a position like tight end that I think requires uh, a lot of intelligence, right? You got to, you got to know when you're doing the right type of blocking, you got to know when you're, you know, what type of routes you're running. There's, there's a lot to that position, I think, especially in the American league. So I think it could be, you know, I think it could work out. I, I don't see the harm in trying out, right? You got a guy that, that knows football from a quarterback level, right? So I think it could, I think it could be good. It's just a matter of whether the, the physical aspect of playing tight end is, is going to be his game or not, right? But I, he's a big, big boy, tough guy. So, you know what? It, it might work out. I think it's an interesting chance to take. Hurl, come on, man. So the Riders, the Riders decide to bring back Eddie Lowe. Or, or <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Let me do this again. The Riders decide to bring back Mike McCullough. And 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 Sam, and Sam Hurl doesn't get a crack to go on the roster. He's been scraping and clawing. You know where I'm going with this? This guy hasn't played. This guy hasn't played football since 2012. He got one snap as a quarterback. He's never been a tight end. Meantime, some guy from from a Division Three shithole can't get a chance to get on a roster. Do you know what I mean? Wouldn't you be disgruntled? You know, I'll, I'll agree with you on that point. Absolutely, it is a little weird. It's like. Why are we not just moving on here? 
bringing in, letting these young guys get in, giving them an opportunity. They might be, you know, 10 times the player Tebow is. I understand where you're coming from on that. I was just trying to take a positive spin on it. But. <laughs> a, Tebow, a Tebow-like spin. I get it. Always positive. Well, I'm not against it. Like, you know what? You do have some logic there. Like, he'll take some heat away from Trevor Lawrence because a lot of the attention will be on Lawrence. But hey, over here we got Tebow. That can be a story for a few days in camp and then maybe all eyes are off Trevor Lawrence. Not that he needs the diversion, but you know what I mean? I get the logic yeah. of what you're saying there and a little bit right yeah. he, i think you know even if he's just a body in camp he's probably going to be really beneficial for that team in the in the sense of explaining you know to the receivers what's going on right like yep. he'll you know so maybe he'll make a, a younger tight end better and they'll choose him over tebow or whatever right but i think the way that he is as a as a person and a and a teammate from what i've seen obviously it's an outside perspective but I think he's a good leader, and he and he probably brings a lot in that element to the game uh, for his for his teammates. So, I mean, in that sense, I think he'll be great. I think you know, taking an old timer like that and and throwing him into a position when he really kind of didn't do that great before anyways it's i think that maybe that uh ship has sailed we'll say goes but, to show uh, you though goes, you know, to, goes to show you though sammy that if you're an and guy as i said before not a butt guy and it's not my saying it's nick saban saying like you could be hey sam hurl runs a 4 3 40 but he's a loser but yeah. he uh he uh, snorts coke but he you know what i mean or yeah. tim tebow was okay as a quarterback and he's a good leader. Or Tim Tebow yeah. is a big name and he's a good teammate. And guys get chances more than butt guys. Yes, yes, I agree with that for sure. It's uh, He's definitely one of those guys, right? He's, he, as, as a head coach, you know, you're taking a chance on a guy. Is he going to pan out? Very hard to say, right? I, probably a low probability, but the other things that he's going to bring to the table, I think I think maybe that's probably where he's seeing the payoff, right? So you're retired. You retired on this podcast, and that was great. Yeah. Are you happy you're done with football, given the uncertainty of the CFL? And what do you oh, and what do you make of all this stuff? Yeah, I would be beside myself right now if I was still trying to, you know, make something. I, I feel so bad for a lot of the guys out there. It's it's just, yeah. It, it's such an unfortunate situation. And even just the way that all this talk, right, about the CFL and the XFL and all this, you know, what, where, where the future of the league is going to be. When I feel like, you know, coming out of that 2019 season, things were kind of looking up for the CFL, right? And and there had been that the amount of Canadian content, the, the, the Canadian talent that's coming out of this country right now is, is, on a, is on a big incline, right? I mean, you look at the NFL draft, there's some big Canadian kids coming out of there. It's unfortunate, right? I feel like we're on the rise up and then all of this had to come in here and, and completely ruffle the feathers, right? And mess, well, I guess probably more than that, ruffle the feathers. But it's just unfortunate to see this happening right now because I felt like things were really coming together. Uh, the Canadian content in the CFL was getting a lot better. Um, and now all of this happening, it's really unfortunate. Uh, so I'm hoping that we can keep this league Canadian in every way possible and not have it changed in any way um, other than hopefully more fan base and all those things obviously but it's uh it's it's sad to see I'm happy that I'm in the situation I'm in um, but that being said I you know I can't help but sympathize with guys that you know there's just so many guys out there that are I mean I think of younger guys right that at the dinos like Micah Tights I played with him mm-hmm. just such a tough situation right young promising guy has sat up, he's going to be basically sitting out for two years now, and that, that's in everyone's case, right? Or then another guy, Jake Hardy, right? Yeah. He kind of got screwed, uh, botched surgery, ended up having to get another ACL surgery, missed you know two years because of that, was ready to come back, and boom, this happened. So 
you know, it's just there's so many unfortunate, you know, situations. Never, never mind, there. never mind that. You give good examples there, Sam. But how about the draft classes? 2020 didn't get on the field, and 2021, uh, you know, there's going to be two draft classes. Maybe a short. Well, it will be a shortened season. We don't even know if they'll play. Like it's a big mess. Oh, it's a complete, complete mess. I uh, and I, I, I thought about that. Tried to put my shoes or myself in those kids' shoes, right? If I was in my third year university, my fourth year university, like, I don't know. I, I don't. I wouldn't even know how to get excited about it, right? Even just watching the 2021 CFL draft, I didn't even pay attention to it because it's like, I'm, am I even going to see these kids on the, like, on the field ever? You know, like, I don't know what's, what's, what's even going to happen of all this. It's, it's just, it's pathetic, right? It, and it's unfortunate because I love football and I love the CFL and I like to get excited about it and see what's going on in it. But right now, I just feel like it's been just handled so poorly that it, it's really turned me off. Last I talked to you when you retired, you were go- going into real estate as you said you are now and you were going to help out with the dinos i don't know where that stands but my question is this as we wrap up number five on pick six how concerned are you about the state of football not only uh you know cfl wise but you know what stuff goes downhill if things aren't very good at the top it rolls into other areas of the sport if things are good at the top then interest level really expands um, I think that's really the disconnect what's happened between the CFL and the grassroots. We haven't done enough of a good job promoting the Hardys and the Adams and the Hurls and those kind of guys coming up. That's why the draft isn't generally exciting because nobody gives a crap about it. The 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 yep. lead broadcaster only broadcasts two rounds and you'll say, wow, who's going to watch six rounds? Well, you got to start somewhere. If you don't promote it, if you don't make people want to pay attention, they won't pay attention. But how do you feel about the future of football at the grassroots level you sports level yeah i I, yeah it's it's really a yeah again it's it's all just such a unfortunate situation um i feel really bad for those kids that are in university i mean i wouldn't have had that much fun i i you know i think back of all of my memories and all the great things that happened to me in university was all because of football right it was it was i had an amazing time being a part of the team the the work ethic that i learned from from playing football like there's so many things that you take out of football and to see it you know hopefully it can stay strong i i i i if the CFL doesn't, I, I, I don't see that it. I mean, this doesn't make much sense for, for kids to dedicate themselves to it if there's nowhere to go afterwards, right? I mean, I, mean, I think there And there are, you go. You know, and there you go. Let me stop you right there. Sorry yeah. for being rude, but right there, no you, nailed, you nailed it right on the head. If we want to yeah. grow this damn game, we can't chase a four-down game that's already been perfected. My fear is if they go XFL-wise, yeah. pardon me, and I don't know. We don't know where it's going. Maybe it'll end up nowhere, but we always hear from the lead voices, the head reporters in Canada, and I won't name them by name but i think you know on twitter and everything they're like oh they're deep in talks they're deep in talks and i've talked i've talked to a few people behind the scenes in the know and this isn't just kicking the tires if they're gonna go they're gonna go all in well if they go four downs and gas the canadian uh, ratio then i don't think there is amateur football and i don't really see this uh this sport surviving in canada that's my opinion yeah no, I uh, I think I totally agree with you on that, right? I think it would uh, absolutely and and, I, and you know the, the minute the, the XFL comes in too, if that was to be the case, I, I just don't see the league surviving. You know, it, the XFL itself has never survived. The CFL has. I think the XFL, if you came, if it came in and and or whatever it would be, right? Whatever they made it, if the, the more. Uh, I don't know. And I hate to sound like a hater of Americans, but it's just, they, I don't think they're making this sport any better, in my opinion. You know, it's like, we need to keep it as Canadian as possible. That's what has made it survive up to this point. So to go away from 
our roots and what made this game what it is today to, I don't know, satisfy Americans. It just doesn't make sense to me. This is a Canadian game in Canada. I don't know why we're worrying about anything else. Well, right? it's different. So, it's different. It's different. It if you're gonna... We need to keep it that way. Yeah, I agree 100%. Okay, lastly, 2013, Ryder team goes into the Saskatchewan Sports Hall of Fame. Uh, you join me in the Hall of Fame. I'm in, I'm in there. You know that? You are. <laughs> the, 19, oh. the 1993 Regina Rams. I'm definitely not as accomplished oh, oh, as, wow. uh, as Sam Hurl. But, uh, Sammy, uh, you go in with the 2013 Rough Rider team. What do you remember about that season? You were a young guy, wet behind the ears. Yes, I was. Um, it's, I mean, I'll, I'll forever remember that team. I, You know, I have Greg Newman and Craig Butler, who are two of my best friends. We were living together that year, and... There were so many great things about that. I think the biggest thing um, that I that from that year, from every other year in the eight years I played, was the the team, like the the, the leaders we had on that team, right? Um, and I think it's interesting too. It was old school. The old, it was old school riders where it had guys everywhere in the locker room that had been on that team. You know, you had Hughes, you had McCullough. You know, you, there were many more to mention. You had Blue, you had all these guys, right? Gets laugh, those guys. Gets laugh, right, thank you. Um, and they're all guys that had been there for like five, six years. And they were established in the community, or plus that, actually, mm-hmm. because it was 10. But, you, you know, having that element, we didn't need a head coach. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. we had G. Roy Simon in there. We had all these guys that were top-notch leaders, and they all worked together. There was no ego. The only ego was our head coach. And, you know, it was, it was, it did, that didn't matter, obviously, because we just had such a solid group. So that, to me, that, that stands out to this day that, you know, it's, it doesn't, it's not about how badly anybody else wants it other than those guys in the locker room that are on the field and it's up to them. And they're the ones who need to run the show and make stuff happen. Mm-hmm. And that's what happened that year. And we killed it. You know, you had Darian Durant. I, I mean, the list just goes on, right? John Chick, like, it's crazy. These guys that worked together, collaborated, and made it happen. So everybody I, everybody says their best memories in the locker room afterwards. Is that where your best memories lie? Yeah, absolutely. It, it was, yeah, it was just such a tight team. Uh, there was There was nobody on that team that, you know, you people were talking about behind their back, right? Like it was, it was a very close group. Um, we, we all partied together. We did everything together. We had a good time. And, and you know, that, that's the type of stuff that I, you know, I think, uh, you, you know, gets you championships is when you have a really tight group that, that, and everybody understands their role. And, uh, yeah, you know, you're, you're working for, you're working for the guy beside you. You're not just working for yourself. And, and I think that that team, um, you know, that's, that was that was the sole focus is it's about the group and it's about winning and, and that's all that matters hey sam i really appreciate this man you're always a great interview i always appreciated that about you oh uh, no problem ballsy thanks for having me on this has been growing the game with ballsy if you have a football story you'd like to share to help us grow the game email michael ball at mball at harvardbroadcasting.com ballsy can be heard weekdays in regina on 104.9 the wolf morning show and during saskatchewan rough riders and u of r rams broadcasts on 620 ckrm